Hi everyone, David here. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Foresight Climate and Energy. If you like what you hear, I want access to more of our fascinating in-depth content on the energy transition, you need to subscribe. You can try us for 30 days for just 29 euros, which will get you full access to our website and app. We also have a wide range of subscription packages to fit you or your company's needs. Follow the link in the show notes or go to www.foresightdk.com forward slash subscribe to find out more. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Energy Enablers, the podcast from Foresight Climate and Energy, talking to those working every day on the front line of the energy transition. My name is David Weston and my guest this week is Panu Verulainen, CTO at ABB Motion. In this week's chat, we look at the importance of research and development within the energy transition. Many people say we have the technologies to decarbonize, so why are we spending money on the R&D instead of implementation? It's not quite as simple as that, as Panu explains. I hope you enjoy the show. Panu, thank you so much for joining us on Energy Enablers today. One of the common arguments we see across the energy transition is the technology to almost fully decarbonize already exists. So how does research and development contribute to the energy transition and why is it essential to achieving our decarbonization goals? Happy to be in here, but coming to your question, I need to say that in one way, I need to agree to what you say. And I guess the point that I want to make in here is that we, of course, have plenty of technology available, plenty of technology that can help us already now on our sustainability journey. And that will help us decarbonizing the world, doing that across industries, doing that across applications, across geographies and so on. And I would say that due to the urgency of the topic, it is also very critical that we take aggressively as quickly as possible into use available technology just in order to take uh, let's say steps immediately towards the right direction however that said of course available technology needs to be further developed and uh, and we need to uh, uh, study research uh, productize completely new technologies and this is important in order to make the efforts that we make and do in the area of decarbonization even more effective and even more competitive than what they are today and here of course R&D plays a crucial role not only in continuously improving existing technologies but also in introducing uh, new ones and Maybe let me give a, uh, one example related to the area where I'm working, in, uh, namely in the area of electric motion. So uh, a good example of these available technologies that I mentioned uh, that really addresses climate change is so-called high efficiency electric motors. And we really believe that they play a critical role. And, and you may ask, uh, why is that? And I think it is a striking fact. It may be a surprise to many people. But electric motors actually consume close to half of world's electricity. The more accurate figure that we are using in ABB is 45%. So this, this means that actually any improvement uh, that we make to the efficiency of these motors really makes a significant impact, even if it would be a very small change. And this big impact really comes simply from the large scale. You understand? Yeah, so the the you 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 are learning through scaling up these technologies as well. Exactly, but unfortunate fact, 
however, is that still today, large share of motors, if we go to the installed base and have a look at them, they provide low energy efficiency. Many motors are still of so-called IE1 or IE2 efficiency classes, which are actually the lowest energy efficiency classes available. While at the same time, we can already offer possibility to the customers to upgrade even up to IE5, uh, so-called ultra premium efficiency motors. Of course, we need latest technology for that, but that also provides the, uh, a significant efficiency gain. Mm. And it's not actually only about efficiency, but uh, these ultra premium efficiency solutions that we can uh, provide from ABB also uh, provide some further benefits uh, uh, comparing to competing alternatives. Uh, we are namely providing this technology, this IE5 efficiency with so-called synchronous reluctance technology. I don't know if you have heard of that. No, I haven't. So I'm not going to the details of the technology, but uh, I would say the, the benefits of synchronous reluctance technology is that uh, uh, it provides uh, higher efficiency thanks to, in practice, no losses on the rotor side. The losses only on stator side, so losses are really coming down. Mm. Uh, on, on top of that, when the losses are coming down, the motor runs cooler, which mm. means that it is highly reliable as a motor. And then third, a sustainability benefit is that in many cases, these high efficiency motors are uh, based on uh, rare earth material-based permanent magnets. But we can, with synchronous reluctance technology, avoid these permanent magnets. So mm. it's a sustainable choice as well. And and how, how um, you mentioned a lot of the R&D work is about refining and improving and, uh, and getting technologies better and more efficient. How much of your work uh, within R&D is refining these products that exist still today and the technologies exist today and working on brand new products and brand new technologies that might be able to bring even greater gains. I, I would say that uh, uh, one of the true benefits that uh, that we have as ABB is that we are re- really a technology company and we are investing heavily on R&D. So our R&D spending as a company is in the range of 1.2 billion US dollars on annual basis. We have some 7,500 scientists or engineers working in the area of R&D. And the same applies to motion as well. We have some 1,500 R&D people across uh, three continents, across uh, 10 countries. And why I wanted to talk about this uh, let's say, width and breadth of our uh, uh, R&D investment and R&D scale is the fact that thanks to this, we can really focus on both the short term and the long term and having the right balance there in between. And I would say that especially related to these topics that we are discussing today, uh, it is very important to do both the short term because this is an urgent topic, but then, of course, in order to really have the optimal solutions in the long run and also to develop things in the area where they need to be developed, we need the longer term piece as well. Yeah, absolutely. The energy transition presents really complex challenges such as integrating renewable energy sources or other clean um, electrified sectors. How is R&D helping to address these challenges? So we may have the technologies that can decarbonize our economy, but actually integrating them into the energy system uh, must be quite difficult. Yeah, you are, you are right again. I, I need to agree that there are, of course, the, uh, challenges in this field that uh, need to be tackled. But, but uh, I want to be positive, and I think there are reasons to be positive. Fortunately, there are technologies uh, offering solutions as, uh, as well. So 
If I start from the overall megatrend that we have around us, which is the megatrend of electrification in general, what are its touch points to our business? Uh, did I comment already? Yes, I did comment already about this figure of 45% uh, at the share of world electricity that is consumed by electric motors. And if we have a look at a little bit towards the future, we expect demand for this electric motion to further grow in the future so that we will uh, it will actually double by year 2040, so in the uh, next 20 years. So I think that our role primarily is to support this trend by offering competitive and sustainable solutions from ABB and from within motion, which is very much about electric motors, electric drives, uh, related services, related digital solutions. But you mentioned especially, let's say, integrating renewable energy sources uh, 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 as, as a topic. And, and if, uh, if I come to that area, I would say that some examples of uh, uh, what what we are doing related to electrifying new sectors, related to integrating renewable energy sources, a big subtrend around electrification is the need to decarbonize industrial processes. And what we mean by that is that it is about replacing fossil fuel-based processes that are very much still existing uh, in industry and replacing them with electric solutions. This is, uh, includes, for example, gas turbines and steam turbines, as well as fossil fuel-based heating processes and, and so on. And we have plenty of already available technology that can be used either as such or with limited modifications uh, to help again our customers on their sustainability journey. And uh, for example, this mentioned gas turbines and steam turbines, we can replace them with electric powertrains or in case of fossil fuel-based heating. For example, electric heating with advanced power, uh, power electronics can be a solution. Then I would say that a second topic that we are discussing a lot is hydrogen. So as you know, green, green hydrogen is expected to be a big future lever in environmentally friendly energy system. And, and what green hydrogen means, it means hydrogen that is uh, produced by means of renewable energy through electrolysis of water. And, and we have some solutions and some technology from ABB Motion in this area as, as well. So we have power electronics converters in our portfolio that can be used for electrolysis of water. And they are actually based on our mainstream uh, drive technology very much, both AC drives and DC drives, so-called ACS 880 and DCS 880, if you happen to be uh, aware of uh, our offerings. And this means that we can already today offer solutions to the very much still emerging hydrogen production market and solutions that are if you think about what are the drivers, what are really the key things that customers are searching for in this area. They are searching for network-friendly uh, uh, solutions with low harmonics, with high power factor. They, they are in search of highly efficient solutions so that the uh, production of hydrogen can be as, as efficient as possible. And of course, they are searching for reliable solutions. And we believe that we can offer that as well, thanks to relying on our, let's say, mainstream technology that we have been using, that we have been developing, uh, manufacturing, selling for not only years, but, but for decades. Absolutely. You mentioned sort of the various customers there that you, that you might be selling to or developing technologies for. The energy transition requires collaboration across a whole number of different stakeholders, in, including governments, businesses, and other research institutions. How can open collaboration and knowledge sharing within the R&D 
field uh, accelerate the pace of the energy transition? This is really one of my favorite topics, truly. So, of course, a brief answer to you would be that open collaboration, knowledge sharing, and so on, it plays a crucial role in here. But uh, in order to get us all on the same page at the beginning, of course, we have, as I tried to already paint the picture, we have strong in-house R&D investment in ABB Motion. I mentioned the 1,500 R&D employees that we have working in the area of research and development related to electric powertrains, including motors, drives, related digital offering services, and so on. So this is, as of today, and will be also in the future, uh, the backbone and the core of our R&D. However, that said, we need to accept the fact that no company in today's complicated, complex world can master everything. We shall instead be masters in what we consider our core, and we need to complement this core with competence, with expertise, with experience from the wider uh, R&D ecosystem. And this was what you were referring to. And if I think about what I see as, as key elements, key parties in this wider R&D ecosystem, starting first from the, uh, some people call it the fuzzy front end of innovation funnel. Uh, this, in this area, we need to collaborate, and we do, of course, collaborate with academia. So that's in, the, in, the, in this fuzzy front-end area, universities, research institutes. And why is that collaboration important? It is, of course, to get access to the latest technologies, to the latest achievements that has been done in academia, but also to get access to talent, uh, people who really, really know about uh, uh, these things. Universities are somehow... One could call them incubators of future technology. And then it is our task in ABB and, of course, in other companies as well to transform these university research and related results into technology platforms, into offerings that help our customers. So that's that's one piece, universities. And we do work as ABB with uh, more than 100 universities and research institutes. And, of course, as ABB Motion, we are an active player in this network as well. Okay, so academia is one. One piece. The second that I would uh, like to mention are startup companies. So, startup companies uh, from around the world do continuously bring uh, to our attention in ABB and in other companies all the time new technologies, new interesting technologies, and typically actually in an exciting manner, alternative technologies. And of course, it is our role to monitor this space, to assess these alternative technologies and, and in case feasible, to utilize them. And very important is that we need to do this in a way with open eyes and with open minds. And, and it, of course, requires some kind of collaboration with startup companies. So that's a second piece that I would like to mention. And here we have some startup engagement vehicles, as we call them, within ABB. We have ABB Technology Ventures, uh, which has helped us in investing in these companies. We have uh, SoonerLeap, which is our innovation growth hub that helps in connecting startup companies, not only actually with the ABB, but with some other industrial partners as well, so that collaboration gets, gets easier. And uh, some concrete activities that we have done now during the past years are, for, for example, so-called startup challenges. So uh, last year as motion, we had a startup challenge around the topic of energy efficiency, a pretty, let's say, topical theme. And this year, uh, the theme is equally topical. So we will have a startup challenge or it is already ongoing uh, around the topic of circularity. So academia and startups. And then, of course, comes 
a lot of other, let's say, parties as well. And uh, I would say their important ones are suppliers, peers, and customers. And this is uh, very important from the point of view of, uh, let's say, trying to bring best brains together. Take the example of suppliers. If we rethink things together with our suppliers, we, we may be really able to come with completely new technologies, completely new offerings and business models in a much more holistic manner than what we could do uh, only alone. And then we can really develop something, uh, I would say, truly differentiating. Of course, customers is an, an, an important area. So uh, customer intimacy, customer proximity, collaboration with customers. And, and here the standard answer is that uh, uh, let's listen to customers' needs. Uh, needs. Let's, let's understand uh, customers correctly and, and thereafter implement supporting solutions. But I would claim that the best case is when we can really co-develop something together with customers in close collaboration and in true partnership. And then it may be so that we are not only, let's say, fulfilling or meeting the customer needs, but we may even be exceeding the needs and the expectations that they have. Hi everyone, me again. Please do rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. It really helps us out, means we can make more shows like this, and means more people can find us. Also, a quick reminder to subscribe to Foresight Climate and Energy so you don't miss out on any of our other podcasts or long-form journalism. Head to the link in the show notes or go to www.foresightdk.com forward slash subscribe. really interested to hear uh, that you're working with startups and, and brand new companies there. We obviously know there must be lots of ideas that never make it to market or um, reach commercialization stage. How do you think the gap between a successful R&D project and making something that works into a viable business can be bridged? How do we, how do we bridge that gap between successful R&D with widespread implementation? Of course, I come from R&D, but I would like to start by saying that I think all stakeholders who are somehow part of this equation have a role to play in here. But if, if I focus on R&D, I, I think something that we need to keep in our minds all the time is that we need to develop solutions that are truly needed by the market and needed by the customers. And with this, I refer to the customer proximity that I mentioned just a moment ago. So to, to develop, uh, we need to develop and commercialize technologies, products and solutions and when they meet customer needs, they are also, of course, important for us from uh, from the point of view of strategy and future growth and so on. And, and this is key so that we can allocate people, allocate resources in the right way to, uh, so that we are able to make the biggest positive Im- impact uh, for environment, for our customers and, of course, for our business as well. Uh, but I would say that more generally, one fundamental activity that we need to take care of and that we need to take care of in a better way than what we do as of today, that we simply need to educate people around us, especially we need to educate decision makers regarding what kind of technology, what kind of solutions are already available, what is really ready for scaling up, what is ready for commercialization, what what are the related benefits. And here there is one really critical example uh, from within the space where uh, where I'm working. So I've been already talking about 
uh, high efficiency electric motors and, and their uh, important uh, uh, role and, and the impact that, that they, uh, they can make. But actually, still greater energy savings can be achieved when these high efficiency motors are used in combination with variable speed drives especially when they are uh, used in applications where process speed needs to be adjusted because what drives do is that they actually control the speed of the motor and the speed uh, of of the of the process where we are using these uh, these products so for example in pump and fan and compressor applications adding a drive can reduce energy use by up to tens of of percents but then if we again come to reality as of today Despite this great opportunity, only a fraction of motors used in worldwide, some 20 plus percent maybe, are equipped with a variable speed drive. And we estimate that maybe half of the industrial application motors that are operating as at the moment would really benefit uh, from being complemented with the drive. And now I mentioned the energy efficiency, but it's not actually only a matter of saved energy, but putting a drive in front of the motor helps in other ways as well. Drives, for example, allow smoother startup and, and they help in lifetime optimization of the motor drive system. And this is, of course, everything very sustainable as well. And, and of course, we as ABB Motion being a leading player in the area of motion and, and both <laughs> separately in, related to motors and separately in the area of drives, we, of course, promote faster adoption of, of drives to electric mm. powertrains. Absolutely. Uh, we've mentioned a few times about making uh, the, your, these products and these motors um, much more efficient. Is there any work being done into making them, the products themselves, more sustainable in the terms of the materials they use and the supply chains that are being made to uh, being made to produce them? Definitely. Yes. Related to sustainability, why I have been talking so much about energy efficiency is that this is this really has a significant impact. So so. Uh, uh, the energy that motors consume over the lifetime uh, that that they are used, it is so significant that if we can make savings in there, it, it really makes a big impact. And the same it is with drives. As I tried to explain that when we put a drive in front of the motor, uh, we can make a stepwise change towards better in, in energy consumption, and that makes a huge difference. But of course, sustainability is a much bigger thing than energy efficiency only and we are uh, we are addressing those things as well so uh, one good example is uh, sustainable materials so we have some examples where we have demonstrated together with our sap- suppliers for example usage of uh, of sustainable uh, 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 steel in in uh, uh, or uh, 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 in in our uh, motors we have uh, we have used low carbon bearings in uh, in our motors and so on so this is happening as well and so looking ahead what are the emerging areas within research and development and within new technologies uh, that you believe may play a pivotal role in shaping the future of the energy transition and advancing clean energy solutions i would actually like to answer that somehow starting from the areas where I, where I think we need these tech, uh, technologies. And so if I think about what are the big trends and the big markets uh, that, that, we, uh, that, that we see from ABP motion perspective, first of all, energy efficiency that I mentioned continues to be important, even if it is in a way a traditional topic. It's getting more and more important. I expect innovative solutions in this area in the form of new concepts, new topologies, utilization of new materials and so on. This relates to both motors and drives. 
then the overall electrification trend. I, I mentioned the opportunities related to decarbonizing industrial processes or replacing fossil fuel-based processes with electric solutions, in many cases relying on existing technology. But in some cases, we need new innovative solutions and technology too. Then there is the area of renewable energy generation. Still room for innovation in there, uh, for harvesting uh, different renewable energy sources, doing everything in a more effective and efficient way. And hydrogen, I mentioned as well, getting a big topic, still in many ways an emerging area or even uh, should I call it unknown territory where, where search for most optimal and competitive solutions and, and concept is still, still very much in starting phase. So those are the areas where I think uh, uh, we, we, we need technology and where I expect things to happen. But then if I th- uh, come to the technologies themselves, first of all, I'm generally and also in the space where we work, I'm a big believer of that we need a balanced approach across different technologies across traditional ones and across new exciting emerging ones and therefore i need to start by saying that really in the area of electric motion related to electric power trains motors and drives i believe power electronics electromagnetics related control they are the traditional key technologies that uh, are of fundamental importance to us and continue to be of fundamental importance to us and there are emerging trends in these areas I don't know if you have heard of wide band gap semiconductors. Uh, no, I haven't. No, please. Yeah, so, so for example, silicon carbide, gallium nitride and so on. Okay. So they are really, let's say, the uh, more optimal uh, se- uh, semiconductors, better performance uh, semiconductors in many ways that are in an increasing manner adopted in power electronics converters. Then there are alternative motor topologies, alternative concepts that are being introduced and really you asked already about new materials. They they provide new opportunities, also from sustainability perspective, as I uh, as I tried to say. Uh, but those that being the traditional piece, of course, we need to be active with new emerging technologies as well. And there, I would say that the big overall trend that I see important for us is the digitalization trend, which okay. of course, uh, let's say, provides huge opportunities also in the area of energy transition and in advancing cleaner energy solutions and so on. And in the area of electric motion, especially, what kind of opportunities this provides? I would say that the most obvious one is uh, asset health, asset performance management optimization in a way that really the offerings and solutions that we have they are even more efficient, even more environmentally friendly, even more sustainable. And then uh, uh, digitalization being a huge theme, there are, of course, very interesting sub-themes in there. If we go to the area of sensing, go to the area of analytics, not to mention artificial in- intelligence, everybody's talking about generative AI, chat GPT nowadays. They can truly provide some significant developments as well. Wow, interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. I hadn't... I find it quite interesting that as a as a chief technology officer, um, I guess you're across all technologies, but I had a thought that you're maybe thinking about physical technologies, but digitalization is actually the most exciting element of of what you guys are working on. Interesting. Thank you so much for joining us on Energy Enablers. I'd like to dig in a little bit before we leave today. I'd like to dig into a little bit about your background and how did you get to where you are today? Did you always want to work within the energy sector or the motion sector? Uh, yeah, well, I would say that the first part of my answer is probably pretty dull. So, so I'm by background electrical engineer. I joined ABB in a, let's say, very traditional and a very common way. 
back almost 30 years ago. So I did my studies in the University of Technology in Helsinki. And as soon as I finished the studies, I joined ABB in order to do my master's thesis, which was, of course, still part of the studies. Mm. And uh, uh, this is very, uh, let's say, traditional way of joining the company, at least in ABB and and in Finland in general for for, uh, new engineers. And the period served as a good way for me to first of all know, uh, learn to know the company and of course for the company to learn to know me and and as we both seem to be somehow happy with each other I, I then joined ABB as an employee immediately after that and then started working first as, as electronics designer then as software developer project manager quality manager head of product engineering general manager of a business and and during the last years I have been then technology manager of different units and now lately the uh, chief technology officer of motion business area globally. Right. But uh, you asked about uh, do I, uh, have I always wanted to work in, in the energy sector or something like that? And, yeah. and uh, I, I, I would lie if I would say that, yes, I had this kind of vision. No, no, mm. I, I really didn't have. It was, however, clear when I already when I was a schoolboy that, that I wanted to become engineer. Right. But how I ended up in the area of electrical engineering that's already more of a uh, of a coincidence, but but uh, I have to say that I have been pretty pretty happy with the mm. choice that I uh, made back then. I I think this is an exciting and important area nowadays. And do do you enjoy the fact that it is having an impact on the energy transition and decarbonizing the economy? Definitely, I I would say that first when I joined, uh, it was not that big a topic back then. I started working with electric drives, and the thing that originally fascinated me was very much, uh, how should I call it, maybe multi-technological nature of drives. So drives are a power electronics device, but as a full product, they are about power electronics combined with mechanics, combined with electronics, combined with software. So this was really exciting for a young engineer. But uh, and it was maybe more recently only that the sustainability piece became to play a stronger role in, in my personal thinking. But I have to say that already now for several years, it has really been a key source of motivation for me to work both uh, for ABB in general and especially for motion, because I, I really believe that what we do has some kind of a bigger purpose and we can truly contribute to a a better future. Absolutely. Um, Do you have any advice perhaps for the next generation of engineers or people who are just about to leave university wondering uh, what sector to go into Uh, and why would you recommend the energy and or motion sector? I'm coming from ABB, so maybe I should start by advertising my company and say that please join (laughs) ABB. And uh, maybe something that actually brings a little bit of credibility to this advertisement from my side is the fact that I have stayed in the company myself all these years, so close to 30 years. So there is something good in the company, right? But um, more seriously, uh, I think we have both seen it very clearly that the younger generation is really looking for purpose when they are looking at their career. And uh, no doubt there are many companies out there who have a great purpose and uh, and uh, the new generation with their talent, with their contribution can really make a significant impact in, in different areas. But I would say that if a person really wants to contribute towards sustainable future in a way to save the planet, sounds like a big theme, but, but I really like this topic of saving the planet. If that is close to your heart, energy industry and, and related companies, other employers in this area, they are really, in my opinion, an interesting option. So there is really a key role to play in, in this area. And, and as I said, this gives, at least to me, 
great motivation, this bigger purpose, and, and really motivates me when when waking up in the morning and, mm. and going to work. Are you excited to work with? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you started as a as a a master student at ABB. Are you working with the students today and seeing the ideas that they're coming forward with? Uh, very much yes, and uh, for example, when uh, when collaborating with universities, we see uh, we see students, and of course the young engineers joining the company with all new great ideas, and and uh, uh, really really this is a great part. Absolutely, and just finally then, Panu, before we go, uh, one big question that I ask all of our guests on the podcast: um, Will the energy transition succeed? That is really a big question, I have to say, and and. Uh, I definitely don't have a crystal ball, but neither does anybody anybody else. So, so uh, therefore, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm good to go with uh, with an answer. So, uh, I would start by saying that I for sure hope that it will. And personally, actually, I I believe also. So, and and the reason for that is, uh, I I think simply because all this is far too important for all of us to fail, and maybe. If there is one thing that makes me feel more comfortable answering this, it is the fact that we really have technology, we have solutions, and uh, they can really make a difference. But as I tried to tell a little bit earlier, to be honest, adoption rate is still not fully where it should be. So we really need to do more, and we really need to do things sooner. And and uh, especially related to that, it's important that uh, that we ensure the decision makers of uh, things that are uh, are possible, make them aware of what is possible, what is available, what is coming, and and all stakeholders need to work closer together uh, to to get where we want to be. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more, Panu. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you. Thanks to you. My thanks to Panu for joining me on the Energy Enablers podcast. I was fascinated that Panu is looking at digitalization and the impact that it could have on all aspects of the energy transition, including R&D, and that there is a growing interest in sustainable products and processes, as well as low carbon solutions. We'll be back again soon with another Energy Enabler. In the meantime, do check out the rest of our energy transition content over on www.foresightdk.com. Thanks for listening.